Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Good morning. Today is Monday, September 20th, and I am your host, Nathaniel E. Baker, filling in for Pem Fox. Our top story today is focused on China's property crisis, but let's first take a look at markets this morning. In Asia, Japan is closed. Hong Kong, the Hang Seng is down 3.4%. China is closed and India is down four tenths of 1%. In Europe at midday, we have the FTSE in London down 1.4%. CAC in Paris is off 2.1%. And the DAX in Frankfurt also off 2.1%. Here in the U.S., futures are pointing lower as well. The Dow is down about 1.6%. S&P 500 off about 1.3%. NASDAQ 1% lower. Crude oil is down about 1.8%. And gold is rising about 3 tenths of 1%. Bitcoin is down almost 7% to trade around 45,000. The 10-year Treasury yield is dropping as well. That is down to 1.33%. Now our top stories. The possibility of China property company Evergrande collapsing is leading to concerns in markets this morning, as we saw. Shares of Evergrande are off more than 11% today, and the stock has fallen more than 80% this year as it struggles to meet debt payments. The company has more than $300 million in debt and has warned about default. It has a $83 million payment due on Thursday for a March 2022 bond, according to Reuters. And this is leading to concerns of a domino effect, as this would have an effect on other China and Hong Kong property developers, and a systemic effect on the rest of the the economy. That's according to Jenny Zheng, co-head of Asia Fixed Income at Allianz Bernstein. Quote, In the offshore dollar market, there is a considerable large portion of developers who are implied to be highly distressed, Zheng said on CNBC. These developers, quote, can't survive much longer if the refinancing channel continues to be shut. But she played down the possibility of Evergrande being akin to the collapse of Lehman Brothers, noting that the fragmentation of the China property market is much less involved than Lehman's. Regulatory crackdown. Along with Evergrande, pressure is on the Hong Kong market as China's leaders look to rein in what they are calling monopoly behavior, much as they have taken aim at the tech sector. But also, like the moves against big tech companies, the exact actions the government will take are unclear. This is all part of President Xi Jinping's common prosperity plan to address inequality. Quote, People may be worried about whether they have to take up extra responsibility to build more subsidized housing said Philip C., head of Hong Kong and China property research at BOCOM International. According to Bloomberg, quote, foreign investors will be concerned if administrative matters in China will lead to a price cap, more stringent purchasing limits, 
or some tax payment proof is required to pay for buying a flat, end quote. Brian Quartarallo, portfolio manager at Pilgrim Partners Asia, says the following, quote, The price action across several asset classes in Asia today is horrendous due to rising fears over Evergrande and a few other issues. But it could be an overreaction due to all the market closures in the region. End quote. IPO arrivals. FTSE Russell has added a record 62 recent IPOs to its popular Russell 2000 index, which could boost stocks like Krispy Kreme and Flywire as early as today because index funds will have to buy some shares. Quote, a rising tide lifts all boats, so it's not surprising that the continued influx of capital into the stock market has pushed up valuations for IPO companies, lifting more of them into the index at an earlier stage. So said Donovan Jones, a Seeking Alpha contributor who follows initial public offerings. The Russell 2000 tracks 2,000 of the market's small cap stocks, making it the basis for popular small cap index funds like the iShares Russell 2000 ETF. Because small cap stocks are typically more volatile and riskier than their large cap brethren, investors expect bigger rewards from them. As a result, the IWM ETF frequently outperforms the large cap sector spider ETF, as has happened over the past year. Streaming pause. Streaming's share of television viewing inching forward steadily in recent months has taken a pause to go back to school. Three months of growth in streaming share uh, turned flat in August, according to the gauge from Nielsen, its monthly macro look at TV delivery platforms. And there is a definitive back-to-school effect here, as streaming share was flat at 28%, but with a more pronounced drop in viewership among children aged 6 through 17, where it was down 7.5% from July. Broadcast, which had bounced back from steady declines last month to touch 24% with the help of live sports timing, was also flat, as was cable, which had taken a step back last month to land at 38%, still the leading option, but in a secular decline. Economy, dot plot coming. The central bank has already said they're not planning to start reducing asset purchases yet. In addition, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has explicitly said the Fed won't raise rates until well after tapering of its asset purchases starts. Still, investors will be looking for hints of when the central bank will ease off the gas that it's been providing since the start of the pandemic. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg expect the Fed to make a formal announcement on reducing its purchases of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities at the end of the November meeting. Two-thirds of the 52 economists who are surveyed expect a November announcement, with more than half expecting the Fed to start the taper in December. At least five of the 12 Fed district bank presidents expect tapering to start this year. This is according to comments they've publicly made starting in late August. Earlier this month, Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostich said he expects the Fed to reduce its pace 
of asset purchases this year, but not this month. Worth noting that Bostic is not a voting member of the FOMC. Stocks. Monster reallocation. Cash poured into equities this past week and out of money market funds. Capital outflows from money market funds were around $45 billion, which is the largest of the year, according to Refinitiv Lipper. The market is seeing a, quote, monster reallocation cash to stocks as tax distribution threat recedes and Fed expected to remain Wall Street friendly. That is Michael Hartnett, BOFA chief investment strategist, writing in the Flow Show note from Friday. It was the largest inflow into U.S. large cap funds ever at $28.3 billion. U.S. growth funds saw inflows of $6.9 billion, and small caps had inflows of $4.2 billion, with $1.6 billion going to U.S. value. Among large caps, tech had its 12th week of inflows and the most since March. What else is happening? Lee Auto has cut its Q3 delivery outlook amid chip supply shortages. Brookfield has made a $7 billion offer for an Australian power infrastructure firm. Rights offerings, what are they and how do they affect share price? PG&E is warning of more power cuts in fire-prone areas following the Dixie Fire. Some biotech news here. Johnson & Johnson's Ribrevant and Lazertinib data in lung cancer is reporting being reported at ESMO 2021. Sorrento reports results of Covistix and Panbio antigen rapid tests for COVID-19 detection. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to rate it and review it. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, Behind the Idea, Essay for FAs, Let's Talk ETFs, the Cannabis Investing Podcast, and Marketplace Roundtable on those platforms as well. Have a great day.